This is the Stop Time Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hopkins, and I'm here to engage you in thought-provoking motivational conversations around practicing the art of living in the moment. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm excited to dig deep and offer insights into embracing who we are and where we are at. I think you're really going to enjoy this next conversation. At just 27 years old, my next guest is truly in the midst of all this madness trying to be an artist. She's a New York City native, uh, actor, singer, dancer who spent her formative years training at the School of American Ballet and studying at the Professional Children's School. Her love for dance led her to join Miami City Ballet. Uh, She went on to pursue other talents and expanded her dance career by appearing as a guest artist on the European tour of the LA Dance Project and performing and choreographing in numerous music videos. She worked on developing her vocal and acting abilities and booked her first musical theater opportunity as Graziella in West Side Story at Aslo Rep Theater. From there, she worked on the developmental lab of the Carousel Revival, joined the first national tour of An American in Paris, and originated in the national tour of Anastasia. Most recently, she made her feature film debut as Sorella in the new feature film version of West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg and choreographed by Justin Peck. It is my great pleasure to introduce you to Brianna Abruzzo. Welcome, Brianna. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. So where are you calling in from? I'm currently in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Moved here during the pandemic. Oh, why Nashville? Well, I did tour through here a couple times with American in Paris and Anastasia and loved the town, Um, but mostly because my fiance is a singer, songwriter, recording artist, and he had some opportunities down here. And with my industry being shut down during the pandemic, we just thought, let's take the opportunity and see where it leads. And while auditions are pretty remote and with self-tapes, it's kind of been working out so I can spend time here, fly up to New York, see family, go to auditions and come back. So you grew up in New York City, right? And that's where you started your dance training? Yeah, I grew up um, on Long Island and I hated ballet when I was little. I went to a Russian ballet school and hated it. Okay. <laughs> the teacher was very strict. She made us read French. We we're only three, so... I don't know how that was supposed to work. Um, But my sister went to the School of American Ballet and was in the Nutcracker. And I saw her do that. And I um, formed an interest in it. And so I auditioned and ended up getting in um, and loved it. Just fell in love with it. I don't know. It was still very strict, but I just, I loved the, I guess I I liked the, the rules. And with rules, I kind of find like it's freeing in a way. Hmm. What do you mean? Um, yeah. Um, cause like once there's like a clear structure, like, you know what it is, it's very clear. Everyone tells you. And then like from there, once you've, once you've learned that, then you can expand and like find your creativity and expressiveness. And, um, I don't know, I just fell in love with it. And so my parents got divorced when I was 12 and my ballet schedule was getting pretty intense. We were commuting into the city an hour and a half there and back almost every day. And so um, my mom and I moved into Manhattan to make it easier for my schedule. And yeah, 
changed schools and just kind of devoted my um, upbringing to ballet. I'm so curious because um, you said that you started ballet when you were three. Mm-hmm. Now, did you did you start that because your sister, if I heard you correctly, your sister was dancing, and so it was a natural kind of oh, I want to try that too kind of thing. Um, yeah, my sister was put into that ballet school, and she loved it. And so I think my mom just thought, oh, you know, Brianna's dancing around the house all the time. We'll put her in and see if she likes it. And I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, yeah. are there any other siblings that dance? Or, or I have an older brother as well. He didn't get the dancing bug. (laughs) Um, but my mom loved to dance, but she didn't like ballet. She didn't like the structure of it. And my aunt loved ballet actually and trained. She went to, um, what is now LaGuardia high school in New York city. When she grew up, she went to that school and trained, um, all throughout middle school and high school. And so I think I probably got it from her. Oh, that's really interesting. I'm so curious to know, was there ever a moment where you thought, well, this is sort of what I'm supposed to do and it's okay. So, and, and everyone else is doing it, you know, so was, was there any kind of anything playing into that of just kind of going along with it? You know, there wasn't, thankfully. Um, I didn't feel that way. I, I did feel like growing up, I wasn't exposed to too many careers that women could do. Um, so that is a factor, but I felt like, oh, I'm good at this Mm. and I understand it and it brings me joy and I want to keep doing it. And then I, I did feel like going through my parents' divorce, it was kind of an outlet and like an escape. And, um, I'm glad that I had it because had I not, maybe I would have gotten into trouble or like, um, you know, gravitated towards something that isn't as healthy. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. That makes perfect sense. So first of all, congratulations. <laughs> Not a bad way to make your um, movie debut, right? Um, <laughs> I know. you. I mean, dancing in one of the most iconic musicals, dance musicals, really, of all time, right? I mean, we all grow up as dancers just watching the movie, right? Yeah. Did, did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine that, the, like, was that on your bucket list? Talk to me. I've always wanted to do film. I remember seeing the article that this movie was going to be made. I like emailed my agent right away. I got to get an audition for this. This is amazing. But also in the back of my head, I was like, oh, this is Hollywood. They're going to hire people from LA. I'm not going to be considered for this. This is too out of the cards. But then when Justin Peck was slated to choreograph and I've known him since I was 15. I think one of his first pieces that he choreographed was on my class at the School of Micah Ballet. So I've kind of been in and out of his journey from the very beginning. And so I was like, maybe this, maybe this could be a possibility. Mm. But my process with auditioning for the show, it seemed like it wasn't going to be feasible for me because the auditions were the first week of rehearsals for Anastasia and (laughs) kind of a pivotal week. And my stage manager would not let me go. Then I said, well, my agent said I can go straight to callbacks. And she even said, no, not even leave for two hours and come back. And then what was heartbreaking about that was 
that day, we did not do anything in rehearsal. <laughs> Oh my god. I was just sitting there twiddling my thumbs for those three hours. So, but I kind of like as we do as actors, kind of like, it's not meant to be, like this is a sign, it's okay. <laughs> and so I was kind of fine with it. And again, I thought, oh, it's you know, Hollywood, it's not gonna, it's not for me. And so I was chatting with Justin Peck's wife, who I'm friends with from Miami City Ballet. And I was like, are there any other auditions? Mm-hmm. And she was like, actually, we're going to Miami. It's this Tuesday. Like, do you want to come to that? They would love to see you. And that was opening night in DC. <laughs> oh. So at the Kennedy Center. So can't miss that. And so I was like, is what else can I do? And she was like, okay, there's an open call on the Monday before. You can come to that. We'll see. It's like, great. So I flew down to Miami where I used to dance um, in the company. And I went to the open call, then like flew back, you know, the next morning to DC to do the show on Tuesday. I think it was actually a blessing that that happened because I got, it was a small group of people. I got to dance with some of my friends from Miami City Ballet. So it was like a reunion. It was really fun and just kind of like Although it was stressful traveling there, it was kind of like more of a low stress situation once you got into the room. So I think that enabled me to dance my best. Yeah. And then I sent in a tape of singing and reading lines. And then the next week they were like, can you come to New York for callbacks? I was like, great. And I didn't realize it was like the final, final callback. And Steven Spielberg was there in the room. like. Wow videotaping everyone in his and his camera phone. <laughs> How surreal. Yeah. yeah. That's such an interesting moment in your life, right? To be sitting there going, I've been, you know, I, I, I can go to this audition, but the gatekeeper is not letting me go, but I yeah. committed to doing this. I mean, this is what I'm doing. So you understood it. Like you understood the rules. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like we're always constantly auditioning for the next thing. So I don't know why managers, stage managers can get so, um, you know, strict about it, but yeah, you understand it. Cause you're like, I committed to this. I know I have to be here. <laughs> it's tricky. Good for you actually being able to sort of, you know, at least micromanage it a little bit in yourself without, you know, getting very angry. It doesn't sound like you got angry. You kind of let it go and say, you know, if it's meant to happen, it's going to it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then found another outlet. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it led to something better in my work. We always talk about, you know, there's always a gift in something that, you know, maybe in the moment feels like it's some kind of a, you know, a punishment or torture, or, you know, you feel victimized by something, but once you, once you get through it and have enough perspective, you know, you know, you can find that you can always find the gift. And, Mm -hmm. you know, not only did you get the gig, which of course is is great, but I think that from what you're saying, the the greater gifts are the reconnection with Justin and your, you know, your friends in Miami and the more intimate space in which you could actually really do your thing. I mean, running out during rehearsal would would not have probably shown you at your best, right? Right. Yeah. 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 That's neat. That's really, really cool. Thanks for sharing that story. I love it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So do you have the the, uh, movie bug now? Do you feel uh, you've wanted to do more of that? Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've spent a lot of time during COVID, like working on acting for TV and learning all about that. So yeah. yeah. 
in the pre-interview form, I asked you, what, if anything, do you think stands between you and, and who you want to be? And the first part of what you wrote was, as much as I would like to name a person or an opportunity, I think in most cases, the only thing stopping us is ourselves. So your, your answer speaks to your honesty and self-awareness, right? That first <laughs> part, yeah, is beautiful because that first part, I think so many of us can relate to that, that urge to, to blame our circumstance on circumstances or on other people. D does that come up for you a lot? Does it get in your way? Talk to me about that. Yeah. I mean, like just thinking about, you know, this pandemic, I felt like my career was going in a great place and it finally felt like, you know, the trajectory was there and I had all these opportunities and then, you know, COVID happened and those got canceled. And now it's like, feels like you're starting over and it feels like, oh, you know, I can just blame it on COVID or I can blame it on, you know, now the industry's changed and I don't know, but that's not really going to get me anywhere <laughs> by just blaming the circumstances. You've had some milestones. I mean, I think we can call milestones don't have to be good things, do they? But I mean, you know, the pandemic certainly is a milestone in the history of humankind, right? I mean, we'll all we'll all remember this pandemic and, and long after yeah. we're all gone, this will stand out as a big, a big point in time. Um, this sort of global experience. Um, but you've had some milestones of your own during the pandemic, right? I mean, the, yeah. feature, the feature film debut and there's some other stuff. That's, tell me, talk to me about what else has gone on for you. Um, yeah, the movie was a huge thing and I'm, I'm actually so glad they were able to move it back a year um, because it just, the excitement build and, and we just like coming together after two years um, and going to the premieres just like was that much more exhilarating, you know? Yeah. Also, I think for me, seeing the film meant that much more and just reminded, I needed to be reminded this is what I need to do. This mm. is what we're all doing. Like, this is important work too. And I get like emotional thinking about it. <laughs> like, when it's when it's been so long not doing what you're what you love to do it's just an amazing reminder to like keep going so that was really beautiful and like for me personally it was the perfect time to see that movie on the screen but in other news i also i moved to nashville i got engaged during the pandemic congratulations and thank you me and my fiance spent a lot of time close quarters <laughs> and we still got engaged. So I think it's going to be good. So, so with all these, these new shifts in your and exciting, really wonderful stuff in your, in your world, have you noticed anything has shifted within yourself during this time? <sighs> Let's see. For sure. For sure. It has. Um, I think I've grown up a lot during this time, actually. And I also discovered my identity is not wrapped up in what I do. Mm. There are so many other ways that I can find creative outlets. And I also don't need to be running around New York City all day long from class to audition to like side hustle to this or that. Like it is okay to only do a couple things throughout the day. <laughs> Mm. and like still feel like productive and um valuable so yeah yeah 
No, absolutely. It's interesting that you said um, grown up, that you feel like you've grown up. What do you, what did you mean by that? Um, well, had time to go to therapy, which is really good. And just, I don't know. I think like my, like, I don't know. I just feel like we've all had to like kind of mature and there've been so many polarizing things happening and like having to deal with that and and like keep your cool and like stay sane like that's that's been like work for all of us and I feel like it made me grow up and handle things differently and like ask myself like what kind of person do I want to be how do I want to um react to things yeah no 100% I think if I'm hearing you correctly you know, as an artist and sometimes even very specifically as a dance artist and even more specifically within dance as a classical ballet dancer in your training, I understand and respect that it requires a very narrow focus. Yes. It's very, you know, binary. It's very black and white. It's very right or wrong. And, and to be brought up that as you brought up in that world, as you said, in your formative years would naturally create you know, even though it brought you success, which is amazing. And even though you completely enjoy what you do, which is brilliant, you know, nevertheless, you're, you know, the way you've had to think has been relatively narrow. I'm not saying that you're a narrow thinker, but I'm saying you've had to really focus, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, to succeed and to not hurt yourself and to, you know, race the time game and all of the things that are inherent in, in what we're told about dance. And, um, you know, it says a lot about, you and sort of this allowance of the, it sounds like the pandemic has allowed you to go, okay, like give you the perspective of now I have more space to actually think about who I am when I'm doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. right? Um, mm-hmm. And how do I feel about stuff and to maybe even just slow down a little bit. Right. And yeah, go ahead. Always like catching the next job and the next gig and it feels like, oh, it's a failure if you're not working constantly. And it's taught me, like, doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that I'm less than anyone else. It's just not the time, well, for anyone, but also not the time for me. And, like, I don't need to be constantly furthering my career Every single second of the day doesn't need to be spent towards furthering the career. It's so valid. And it's, you know, if we're living a holistic life, right, then you're right. You don't need anything like need is, is the key word right there. You don't need to No. Do you, do you want to, mm-hmm. do you, you know, where your intent, you know, so, you know, and then, and then what, what elements of your life are you qualifying as qualifiers for Like, do they count? As, yeah. as being part of an artist, you know what I mean? And so if you start to realize, and I feel like you are shifting, you know, I don't know you, but, I, but just from what I've heard, like that you're starting to realize, you know, creativity is not just one thing. Yeah. And, you know, I would absolutely argue, and I've seen this, I've seen it over and over again in both of myself and in my clients is that, you know, we, we, sometimes grow more in the specific art that we're known for, let's say like in your case, dance. Right. Um, 
by doing things away from it. Right. <laughs> you, you know, and, and even that, you know, so it's the whole sort of concept of uh, how you, how you got here is not what's going to take you where you want to go. Yes, exactly. And especially being brought up in ballet, it's, we always like hear people say like, oh, you miss one day of dance. It's like missing a week. You miss a week. It's like missing a month. You miss a month. It's like missing a year. And so kind of like being forced to not dance as much has made me realize like, oh, like it's there. My training's there and I want to continue it and I want to, you know, go to class and all these things, but it doesn't need to be in this like same rigorous way all the time. It's still, it's still there. (laughs) 100%. Good for you. Good for you. So uh, two questions for you. You can answer whichever one speaks to you the most right now. One is what are the biggest challenges that you face in your life right now? And the other question is what do you love most about where you are in your life right now? Okay. <clears throat> so I think the two things that I'm struggling with right now is navigating my way back into an industry that was shut down for two years is now seems to be intermittently shutting down and also has changed in different ways. Talk to me about these very real challenges that we all face as artists, regardless of what it says on a resume. Can you be specific? Um, Sure. So, well, first is that like pre-pandemic, I was coming off of Anastasia. I was doing West Side Story and just feeling like I was in the best shape of my life, like very confident, very, you know, just like ready for whatever. And um, I was in, you know, final callbacks for some shows. And then coming back, it's like we're having to start over because those shows are, they're not referring to the short list of people they had pre-pandemic. So they're re-auditioning everyone and you're having to go back into the room and re-audition and for something that you've been, you were like this close to booking, you know? And, but now I don't know about anyone else, but for me, it's nerve wracking to go back into the audition room. Like I've been used to now self-taping and sending in tapes. So it's, it's getting, gaining that um, experience back of being in the room with casting directors. And <laughs> I think a lot of people are um, with this disability to self-tapes are the theater community is trying to book um, acting roles as well on TV and film. And we're all trying to do the same thing. So the competition is massive and the amount of jobs is small. The stakes are, they're definitely high. and. If, there, if I do get called back into something in person, then I have to spend money to fly to New York. And then the pressure is even higher. because It's like, you spent money on this. Like, you've been waiting for so long. Like, here's your opportunity. Don't blow it, you know? Yeah. And then once you put that pressure on yourself, then you're bound to blow it because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How has the message changed at all? Because I'm, I'm guessing that certainly it's heightened in terms of, like you said, you know, the stakes, but how has the self-talk changed at all for you? Well, I know that like pre-pandemic, I, I was really good about not taking anything personally. If I didn't book anything or 
I was just very calm about, I just kind of felt like the right thing was going to come along. And I'm always so thrilled for my friends who book things. And um, I really wasn't stressed about it. And now with it being so long, it's hard not to get stressed. And I'm kind of like mad at myself when I get stressed about it or upset or like, I just, I love that part about me that was so free and not worried about it. And now here I am worried about it. So that's changed. Have you ever thought about collecting nose? Collecting nose? No. Yeah. (laughs) Like every time you get a no, go, cool. That was a no. What can I learn from this? Just like you did when you got the no from your stage manager Mm -hmm. and you reframed that and you created that, that didn't happen. You actually created that. You created the situation where you got West side story. When someone said, no, you could have kept living from the victim, you know, perspective, just going, nothing works. I can't do it. You know, even when I get opportunities, they all happen at the same time. And then I can't do them anyways. And, but, um, you ended up creating that. You ended up somehow opening the space. And if we were working together, I'd dig in with you and go, how did you create that? You go, I didn't create it. Yeah, you did. Mm. You know? And so the, the idea of collecting no's is, is just that you just can't fail because you go in, you might get the gig, but you might not get the gig. And you're right. It, it'll have to do with whatever. It doesn't have to do with you at the yeah. end of the day. I mean, you can't change who you are. You can just be as good as you are. And so, no. so go to those calls and get all your yeses or go to every call and find out that, you know, you know what, my goal here is that they're going to learn about me. I'm probably not right for the show, but they're going to remember me because guess what? I might be ready. They, I might be right for something else they're doing down right. the line. Yeah. So, so even those no's could down the line become those gifts later. Mm-hmm. Someone pulls you and goes, oh my God, remember her? Mm-hmm. Like 100%. So if you go in with that attitude, then it's, it just becomes fun. Yeah. Ooh, another tape. Yeah, actually, I never really thought that casting directors remembered people from a while ago. And I kind of, I watched a video with Cindy Tolan who cast West Side Story and she, they were casting Bernardo and he didn't have anyone in mind. And then she remembered David Alvarez from Billy Elliot when he was like 12 and called him up. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. So people really do, remember, I mean, it's their jobs. So. 100%. If, if we show up showing them what we think they want to see, then, and we don't match that, they won't remember us. If we show up, do our homework, obviously. So it's not like you're not, you don't know what role you're going in for or whatever. I mean, you do your homework, but if we show up and just show them you mm, doing yeah. the work, then they will remember you. You might not be, you know, might not get the gig, but they're going to remember you. Yeah. Not the girl that wasn't right for the part. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that? Yeah. Oh, you mean the one And that was kind of a big thing transitioning from ballet into musical theater. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of ballet, it's like, oh, well, you want to try to mimic the choreographer and like try to be what they want you to be instead yeah. of like, no, bring your personality, like be you, bring a sense of self to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that'll be interesting to watch. Yep. Yep. What do you, what do you love most about where you are at in your life right now? Um, I think that I've found some balance in my life, which I love. Hmm. And 
you know, I talked about like, I, I feel like I grew up. <laughs> I like that side of me. I feel really lucky and thankful for my relationships, my romantic relationships and like friendships and just having time to cultivate that and work on that during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. What, what do you know will be true about you no matter what happens? I have grit. <laughs> I've been told I do. Um, <laughs> do, you believe do you believe it? Uh, yes. I okay. Do. What does grit mean to you? Um, it means, um, persevering, having discipline and not really taking no for an answer and not in a mean way. Hmm. Um, just in kind of like, I'll find another way. I'll find another path. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Do you have a definition of living in the moment? I think living in the moment means being open to possibilities because sometimes we have a certain way of in our minds of how things are supposed to be. And if we're not open to different possibilities, then we're missing out being present and like mindful and aware. You can actually see more. Mm. Is it something that, that you experience often or that's important to you? I, I try when when there are rare things happen in life, I'm like, you need to take a moment and just take, take this in or even at an audition, like you've been trying to, to get in for, and you're there, just like, take a moment mm. to say like, okay, you're here. Like, it's true. You need to appreciate the journey because the life of an artist is hard. And so taking a moment to realize, oh, I got here and this is amazing. And I'm going to enjoy it. Mm. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And I was lucky with the cast of West Side Story because everyone was just so happy to be there and no one was jaded about it. And I remember being at the LA premiere and a couple of my friends were like, let's just like take a moment to like look around like get off our phone and just look and like, this is crazy where we are and what we did and the future that this film will have. Just take a second. And it was so nice because mm. I feel that way too. And then to be surrounded by other people who feel lucky and just grateful. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. How do you want to be remembered? I would love to be rem remembered as an accepting, open-minded person, someone who is always kind and hopefully I have a career that people can look up to and say, Oh, I can do that. I can, you know, start in ballet and move to this and then do that. Like there's, there's no limit. I could do anything that I want to do. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Can you finish this phrase? Most people think Brianna Abruzzo is, but the truth is. Most people think Brianna Abruzzo is sweet and possibly naive, but she is really intelligent and powerful and capable. Boom. <laughs> that was awesome. 
I'm going to do a little rapid fire with you. Okay. So okay. I'm going to say what makes you, and you're just going to say whatever comes to your mind. Okay. Okay, cool. Here we go. All right. What makes you hungry? Chocolate. Mm. What makes you sad? Mm. Feeling like I don't have the space to communicate what I need to say. What inspires you? All types of art. Most recently, the West Side Story movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! I wish I wish that um, my listeners could see you. What What was the image that came into your before you said West Side Story? Your whole when I said what inspires you, you it came up in you. Was Was that West Side? What was that? Oh yeah, yeah. That was seeing the beautiful piece that is West Side Story on the big screen. You're like bursting. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so beautiful. What what is it about? I understand that, but seeing really high quality dancers, triple threats, quadruple threats on on screen doing incredible choreography and incredible costumes with the best cinematographer and direction, just seeing that like brilliance all at once. And for dancers that is, it isn't always the case in movie musicals, right? So just seeing everyone being brilliant at everyone, everything um, just makes me so happy. Yeah, I can see that. And to be, yeah. Do you, do you feel when you, when you, sort of can step away and see yourself on screen and know that you're part of it. What does that bring up for you? Like it's, it's both good and bad feelings. Hmm. Um, the good is like, wow, I will forever be in this movie that people will watch for generations, hopefully. Um, and like, it's something I can tell my grandkids hmm. and like that brings me so much joy. Um, but it's also like, oh man, like if I don't do anything after this, like, then that will be, that'll be sad. Wow. That's, that's really insightful of you. What frustrates you? feeling like you're doing everything you could possibly do and it's not enough. Hmm. What makes you laugh? My nephews. <laughs> what makes you angry? You know what makes me angry? Feeling like I can't get angry. Like I'm not allowed to get angry. Mm. Yeah. I bet you're not, you're not alone in that. Mm -hmm. interesting and finally what makes you grateful oh a lot of things um right now health yeah so grateful for that yeah no kidding what are the top three things that have happened so far today today well I'm an hour behind you, so not as many things have happened today. <laughs> <laughs> but I did walk my dog, make breakfast, and fold laundry. So I think that's 
pretty good morning. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> Perfect. And and what's something you're looking forward to both today and in and longer term? Okay, so today. Oh, wedding invitations are coming in today. Mm. That's going to be good. And in the future, the wedding, of course, starting a life with my future husband. I am like excited for my thirties and like, you know, in the, in a few years, but I'm excited for that. I always felt like people in their thirties are like more secure in their lives or like secure in their being their They know what they want. They know what they don't want. And I'm excited for that. <laughs> Is that weird? No. <laughs> Not at all. Do you are you saying that are you saying that you're excited because you think you're going to discover those things? Or are you saying No, more? I think I have discovered those things, but um that's what I thought. Yeah. That's cool. So you're so really what you're saying is you're excited for your 30s because it's not going to bring all the things that everybody said they're going to bring because you already got that. So bring it on, right? I'm hearing like you've got space for the 30s to be whatever you want them to be. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I so appreciate you. I so appreciate you taking the time. Um, yeah. This is great. This is Thank so fun. You. I've been speaking today with Brianna Abruzzo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. And remember to live in the moment. In music, stop time is that beautiful moment where the band is suspended in rhythmic unison, supporting the soloist to express their individuality. In the moment, I encourage you to take that time and create your own rhythm. Until next time, I'm Lisa Hopkins. Thanks for listening.